afternoon and welcome to the Gym Owners Fitness Business Podcast and the Women's Leaders Fitness Business Podcast. Our podcast is proudly supported and su- sponsored by FitRec Fitness Registration for Fitness Professionals. Today, I am speaking to two of the biggest names in the fitness business industry. I'm speaking to Eric Levine and Quaco Black. Quaco Black is a world leader in the gym design industry. He's also a consultant to some of the biggest brands globally. Eric Levine is a fitness industry entrepreneur and business coach who recently launched his own podcast. Good afternoon to both of you. Hi, Mel. Oh, Mel and fitness family out there. Hi, Coco. Hi. Hi, Eric. All right, gentlemen, I'm very excited to have the both of you on the podcast today. There's so much happening in the fitness industry at the moment and lots of discussion on lots of different topics. But our discussion today is going to be on your old-fashioned bricks and mortar gyms, leaderships, boutique business, sales, and what club owners can be doing moving forward and what they should be implementing into their businesses to create bigger, bolder business in 2021. So let's get stuck straight into this. I've been out on social media probably the last 30 days or so and I've been noticing a little bit of negativity out there in regards to gyms like myself, commercial commercial gyms, and people saying that unless we make big changes, we are not going to succeed in 2021. That COVID-19 is going to grab a hold of us and just abolish us altogether. I feel that this is totally wrong, but I would love to hear what both of you think. So I'll ask you first, Quacko, what are your thoughts on this? Well, um, um, this is a, what I'm going to do is I'm going to comment on um, a position I've taken um, in regards to this type of content that keeps being produced in the industry, which is the new normal and all this dystopian, you know, negative sort of future uh, for the fitness industry and uh, for the past couple of months I kept seeing it uh, coming across all um, all of my media feeds and I finally came to a point where I said well somebody's got to say something about this because I don't believe in it first of all and I generated a post on LinkedIn and I shared it on my other platforms and, and essentially I said uh, you know who gets to define what new normal is and I said uh, who, who gets to decide what the future is. Nobody knows what the future is. And, I, and as a matter of fact, I said, because of the pandemic, I said, people are realizing, the consumers are realizing that health and wellness is sort of the hedge against getting ill. And gyms are the path to that. So my opinion was that brick and mortar uh, was going to become bigger than it ever was. And those two posts over a couple of days generated over 24,000 views and almost 500 comments, and everybody was on our team. And I'll drop it right there and turn it over to Eric. I was on your team also. I read every word you said. Listen, you know, first of all, as we talked pre-broadcast, let's look at who is coming up with these comments. Where are they coming from? What's their real agenda? You know, are they creating an online app? It's definitely not something in the brick-and-mortar gym business. Here's the bottom line. People join fitness centers for the club, friendship, 
social excitement, extravaganza, escapism that they get every time they leave their house mm-hmm. to go get the adrenaline, to get that shot of life, of effervescence, of I am not in my bedroom, in my living room, in my garage. In I am in my place where I have friends. I see new people, old people. Everyone's working out. Everyone's having a great time. I used to I used to work for Club Med. I was there for four years all over the world, and there was gorgeous hotels that were a thousand times better than Club Med. But it was the experience that you got from the everything that Club Med had. And when you go to a fitness center, all the elements come into play. You will never be able to replace that online, no matter how good they get. It's about people loving people, needing people. That is forever. So then why is the industry sending a message out there that people like myself, we're going to be abolished and we're going to be replaced with online. Why? Because those are the online people that are saying that. You will never have uh, Mark Mastrove or uh, anybody, Brad, any of the, the real people talking anything like that. Before uh, we were shut down again here in California for the second time, new member sales on Reopen Club were like, were, was like January. Uh, People were coming in that we never could get before. Those first couple of weeks, um, the member traffic was down, as we expected, maybe 40 to 70%, depends on the region. In Asia, it's 90%. But new member sales were like January, which is in America, it's our New Year's resolution, and that's, that's the time we do a double month. And people were telling me all across the states, that new member sales were flying. What does that say? Oh, it says that people want to go in and they want to socially interact with people with a common theme, and that's fitness. That, that's also, what it tells me. Now, these were people that didn't come in before the COVID, but they realized sitting, you know, sitting at home for four months that, hey, there's more to life. I'm not going to let this pass me by again. So what are your well, thoughts, Quokka? Well, you know, let, let's you know, uh, let's just back up a little bit and let me try to answer you know, at least part of the question, which was, you know, why is the fitness industry, uh, you know, coming up with all this doom and gloom uh, propaganda? And I don't believe it's so much the fitness industry. And I've said this before, for example, like Peloton and a lot of these big online platforms, they're funded by Wall Street. Uh, they have millions of dollars, euros, pounds to invest on promoting their brand. Uh, And so what happens is they have the megaphone. And so that message is distributed across all media platforms. And what ends up happening is a lot of people, and this is where my, a lot of the people, editors, journalists in the media, uh, repeat it and they put it back into the feed again. And so my comment again was fitness industry journalists, editors, bloggers, please stop repeating this dystopian doom and gloom propaganda. Because my opinion is it's propaganda and all it's designed to do is promote digital fitness and um, degrade 
the brick and mortar. And so that's where I see it's really coming from the financing of the big tech companies. So how do gym owners fight back then? How do we as gym owners fight back when, when it comes to this type of content going out? What you're doing now and what Eric's talking about and what I'm saying is we need to get more people in sort of, um, uh, I guess, positions of authority or not even that, people who are going to speak out and say, no, it's not going to go this way. It's almost you have to spin it and pivot back on that. So when it's like a propaganda war, basically. Mm. I, no, I don't think you'd have to really even worry about this as... You know, I'm never going to do another podcast with Juanco. His vocabulary is <laughs> insane, okay? I'm never doing another one, so don't put me on with, with him again. That's how anyway. we met. That's how we met. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he talks like he designs, you know? But anyway, Mel, it's nothing to worry. What we have to really concern ourselves with <laughs> is the government's the media about mm -hmm. the world condition. They are scaring everybody to death. It's not just us now, the fitness industry. It's everywhere. Our industry is forever. It'll morph. It'll, we definitely have to do every safety precaution that they've come up with, which changes every day. Okay, I've seen some extremes. I've seen some middle of the road. But we're definitely, until there's an answer to this pandemic, we have to be as prudent and as careful as possible. Okay? So that's for sure. And this will pass one day. We'll be back to where we were before. But during this time, safety is the most important thing, for our, even for the most loyal members that we have. But our industry is about making people feel good, get healthy. You know, all of us, I have a full gym in my house. I use it when I can't get to my regular gym. And everybody I know has one or two pieces of, of equipment in their house to use as an addition, an adjunct. I can't get to the gym today. And that's the way I see it forever. I mean, the online stuff, honestly is a thousand times better than it was pre-pandemic, but it's not great, most of it. And it's, it's done in your house, which represents sleep and bills and noise and cooking. It's by yourself. You know, that's why they used to call it the Stairmaster. You'd put a home gym equipment in your house and you'd stare at it and you become a Stairmaster. <laughs> you know, um, uh, oh gosh, I lost my train of thought for a second here. Um, you know, we have an opportunity here, and um, for this industry has always been hit with uh, what, what we call disruptions. There was uh, the big box gyms came along and disrupted all the legacy brands, and then the boutiques came along, franchise model came along, and the CrossFit came along. So there's always disruption. There's always something that's going to shift sort of the industry standards and conventions. And so this is the first time, I, I think, in the history of the industry, and you guys might, are, are actually, I believe, more seasoned by myself, that um, a contagion, let's call it this pandemic, a contagion has caused this disruption. And so 
you know, the, there's an opportunity here, and that's what I say why brick and mortar is going to rise again, become more powerful than it ever was, because people with vision will know that they have to pivot and be adapted to the cultural environment, the social environment with, with the virus, and they need to shift their marketing around the virus. Instead of doing cleaning your gym and then opening the doors and having the same gym you had pre-lockdown, you need to pivot and come up with new concepts. And so, and and I think what we're talking about is instead of selling treadmills in gyms that look like boutique hotels, what gym developers need to do is they need to market health and wellness and safe and clean differentiation. I think there's an opportunity. And that's where I think the pivot in on the marketing side. Well, let's talk about some of those. Let's talk about some of those opportunities, um, Quoco. So, all right, let's talk about the bricks and mortar gym. All right, so the guys are out there listening now and they're going, yep, I've got, this is my club. Oh, tell me, what are the opportunities? I mean, my message, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but my message has always been, you are more than one business model. I divide my own club up into, you know, five areas and I've got five business models and I market each area differently because each area has a different demographic and I look at each area and look at how I can grow that area differently, you know, whilst in closure and reopening the doors. But for those guys that are still out there with their, with their four walls and their one roof, what are the opportunities for them to grow? I think that's for Eric. Eric can well, you know, unfortunately, uh, there's the negative side, which is so many gym closures uh, that are not opening again. And, and I don't want to mention all the names again, uh, which will allow people to go in and pick up some fitness centers that, you know, for two cents on the dollar and can expand that way. And, you know, do the magic that you do in your successful club and you can grow that way. But one of the ways, one of the opportunities, and I think this is something that uh, I've been a big, um, uh, a big avatar on, is that now is the time to reach out to your membership as a family, as a club and create club uh, benefits amongst the community inside the memberships. So you have all these different services. You know, we've, we've had all these loyalty cards in the past that they semi-worked, you know, they, they work in the airline industry for miles. But And, and credit cards where you can use your, your mileage for purchases. Now is the time to focus on your membership and create a club that is only predominantly um, in the social aspect, more so than, you know, lifting weights when you can't and going on the EFX when you can't. Creating a business amongst your community, and I've had this in the past in different countries that I've been in. I had a club within a club where I would charge some. Did we lose uh, Eric? Yeah, we lost you Hello. there. We lost you there for about ten seconds, Eric. Oh, really? Yep. So just oh, go yeah. back. Just go back to where you had a club within a club. Oh, okay. So I I had a club within a club. My regular membership was let's say ninety nine dollars a month, but for as little as nine ninety nine, 
I put together a club where we shared all the after stuff. So all the tips on nutrition, every latest breaking thing, and what our membership could bring to the table. We had, for, for, for the $9.99 in Hong Kong, we had people that were saving five and $600 a month by using other members' facilities, dry cleaners, um, car washes, supermarkets, shoes, everything we had. We had this club within a club, and that's all they, they shopped. We ended up having about 12,000 members on it wow. at $10 each. We were at, with no cost. There was no cost to it at all. It was all electronic. We were making a million dollars profit a year. And the members would not leave the membership. Even they never went to the club because the value of the club, the club inside the club, was so great. Now's the time to focus on your club and make everyone realize that you're not just where they go twice or three times a week. It's a lifestyle that we follow into the house, where you can also get nutrition. You can get one-on-one training online when you can't make it. All the things that have been what we're seeing now, which we're going to come anyway in three or four or five years, just sped up now. So everything that's online now and all the ways you can do the community and you can start charging once you have a certain tipping point where people see that the value greatly exceeds the membership. Yeah, well, my thoughts were, again, again uh, going back to Eric, this particular uh, description of Eric of how within the club uh, you have this social environment and the sense of family. And earlier in the podcast, Eric had alluded to the same sort of conversation about the social aspect of the club. And so, so if I could summarize that and sort of make it sort of an easy way to describe it, Howard Schultz at Starbucks talks about Starbucks being the third place, that place between work and home. And I believe the gym industry, the gyms, you're the fourth place, gym owners. You're the fourth place between work, home, and Starbucks. Uh, and what Eric is saying is that it's the social aspect that's going to win the customer demographic and you need to focus on that and it can't be selling treadmills and exercise it, it, that's there wealth health and wellness and exercise is there but the key i think is community and family yeah I agree 100 percent. i i totally agree with you both there let me ask you both this question and and feel free to just jump in what do you think of the leadership that's currently in the fitness business industry? That's going to be for Eric because I, that's not a lane that I, uh, I, I orbit in. So that's a little bit better for Eric. Eric? Well, Mel, when you say leadership, you know, are you, what, can you explain a little bit more? Because, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of places around. Are you talking about the industry leaders or the average um, average, average, average people going out there and calling themselves, you know, leaders or influencers or or experts. I mean, there's so many people out there at the moment that have given themselves this title, giving advice to to club owners in these mm-hmm. uncertain times, yeah. and they're okay. really it's not positive. It's not good. You know, club owners are 
um, spending money that they don't have by giving it to people that they're putting all of their hope into. How do we distinguish genuine versus okay. definitely not genuine? Well, well, it, let's let me rephrase your question a little bit because it has nothing really to do with leadership. Um, you know, on my on my podcast, which you both have been on, thank you very much. You both are fitness gorillas, so I'm proud to say that. I keep on saying, listen, if you want a consultant and you're in the consultant business, hire a consultant. <laughs> okay. If you want somebody that's going to help you in your fitness center, look at their resume. I mean, I don't want to have a personal trainer who's got a, a degree in physical fitness who's not social and his biceps are 11 inches. And Arnold Schwarzenegger standing next to him says, that's not how you curl the weight, man. <laughs> I, I, I want what he's got. I want the mountain on his bicep. I want the vein on top of his bicep. Go to accomplished fitness owners that have done it. Now, when you walk into your club, your eyes see 360 degrees at all times. An owner's view is completely different than a chairman's view, a CEO's view, uh, whatever, whatever, whatever. There are so many consultants out there that have never put their money where their mouth is. They've never been involved in this type of all-in or nothing where they have to do everything they can to, to energize, to make it work. If you're looking for a consultant that read it in a book and read it from the New York Post or whatever, it ain't going to work. Look at their resume. Have they done what you are trying to do with your business? If they have, try them out. If they haven't, they're not what you're looking for. There's a million consultants out there now. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. I agree with you, Eric, and the reason I raised that question was because, um, uh, sadly, um, it came to light yesterday that um, a person who had been calling themselves a leader and coach in the industry had been copying and pasting other people's work for the last 12 months and then selling it off for very large amounts of money to um, people who were desperate to grow their, their fitness business because obviously they only got into the industry based on passion. So there's a great tip from Eric there in regards to looking at what they've done and looking at their resume. Let's talk about aesthetics and moving forward 2021, what do you think the consumer expects to see when they walk into the club? Do you want me to pick up? You want me to pick up? Please do. Let, let, me, let me preamble that for you, okay? <laughs> so, so, you know, Melda, it's such a broad broad topic what the clubs look like and you know the man that we have on this podcast is the, is the leader in the world as far as i know and as far as what i've seen and i've opened up in 20 some other countries around the world so i can kind of say that um other than any type of new ideas that we've developed for safety and even when the pandemic's gone why not why not make it as safe an environment as possible forever um I've always tried in my own way to create, as I mentioned, a club man inside my place, but with excitement, with 
effervescent in passion. And if I would have been able to have any of Quaco's designs when I was building Jim, I would have saved my last penny to, to, to get uh, his team to do my clubs. My God, the difference when you have an entrance that screams at you that I am the future and no one is going to beat you, um, that, that sells so much. It makes people so proud to be a part of that that intangible thing that makes people want to stretch and be be with the A-club, the A-listers. And I want to be with that. And Quoco's designs make me feel that way every time I see that. Yeah, thank you. You know, and, and this really, for me, you know, I talk so little about design. If you see my uh, all of my posts, and, and all, for all your listeners, you'll notice that I'll put up a lot of the pictures, but you'll notice within the content of the post, I'm always talking marketing. And so, you know, people have this perception that design is a line item that you have to invest, you have to build out your gym, and they're not thinking marketing. And so I'm always advocating that gym developers need to do one of two things. The first thing is they need to stop building the gyms that they've been building for the past 20 years. The second thing they need to do, and I'm talking about gyms, you look, walk in, yeah, it's another gym, or the gyms that look like boutique hotels, because that's been another thing. Everybody's trying to look like an Equinox or a Soul Cycle or, you know, a W Hotel. And I'm casting no aspersions on the aesthetics themselves. What I'm saying is if you're going to build a gym and it looks like another gym or it looks like a boutique hotel, you have no unique brand. You're part of the collective. So I always talk about differentiation in marketing and focusing on your reception area. Your reception area should inspire and be so exciting and innovative and stand out in the marketplace that there's no one else in the, in the, in the marketplace that can compete against you. So really, when I talk design, I'm always talk, talking marketing marketing and the, the, the thing that I'm trying to emphasize in my post is that uh, gym owners need to shift the consumer's expectations of what a gym environment could be. If you're just building another gym or a boutique hotel, consumers have seen it. It's pedestrian now. So what you want to do is you want to create environments and spaces, especially post-COVID, post-lockdown, that are so differentiated from the whole industry that when consumers come out of the lockdown, they're seeing these new environments, these new gyms, these new clean, safe, exciting new spaces that, like Eric's talking about. So if it... Yes. And to Quoka's point, you when, when members feel this sense of pride that their club is gorgeous, um, it is marketing. It, you're damn right it's marketing. And I remember, it's not the exact point, but it kind of is. When I first opened up in Hong Kong in 1996, Life Fitness had, in my opinion, the best equipment throughout. But without a doubt at the time, their treadmills were the best. They had two different kinds of treadmills for commercial use, 9300s, which were about $6,000, and the 9500s, uh, which were about $9,000. Now, when I got to Hong Kong, we opened up our first club. We, we had uh, 60 treadmills. So you can add that up to, what, 60 times 3000 $200,000 of shipping difference. And, guys, I was the only person in Hong Kong 
that knew how good the 9500s were and how much better they were than the 9300s. And the 9300s were the best, second best on the market. But when I, <coughs> excuse me, when I talked to my team <coughs> who didn't know anything about fitness, we were the first fitness center, and I said, team, we have the absolute greatest equipment on the market. You can sell it like it is, and you can be proud of it. No one's going to come behind us and have better equipment. You can go to the bank on that. And when you have a design like Quarko's talking about, it's the same kind of feeling, hmm, I'm with the right people that I want to be part of. I'm excited. This is the best. And I want to be a small part of it. And the stickiness it creates when people just want to stay as a member forever, that's when you get paid back multiple times when you go ahead and spend the extra money on something like that. So then my question to both of you is, and this is reality post-COVID-19, there's going to be a lot of club owners out there that really want to do what both of you are advising, but they don't have any cash in the bank. Where do they go? Well, Eric, what do they do? Eric, yeah, Eric and I talked about that, Eric. Why don't you give Mel uh, sort of your thoughts on that? Well, you know, Quanko's designs are not, you know, they look super expensive. Hey, by the way, I don't work for him. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a huge fan of his because I love designs. I love our industry. <coughs> and I've never seen anything better than his. Um, to invest in your reception, which may cost fifteen, twenty $20,000, and you put it on your Visa card, and you, you pay for it over a year or whatever, you're going to get that back in your first 30, 60, 90 days. And now is the time, you know, we talk about in fitness gorillas all the time. You have to dig so deep in your promotions at the moment, okay? We're, um, we're looking at a, a, a chain of clubs in Canada that we're reopening that, that decided not to reopen. And we're going to pull... Every type of incentive we possibly can. We're bringing people in now for fitness tests that can cost two and three hundred dollars for free. Once they do their fitness tests, we're going to, you know, we're going to funnel them to the extra yoga, the one-on-one -on -one personal training, the group training. What I'm what I'm trying to say is now is the time to promote like you've never promoted before. You go to your loyal members and you give them gifts. We have a chairman, a founder's membership, whereby we gift the member with two certificates to give to the family member or friends, which is such a low price for them to get in. And naturally, we upsell them to more facilities within that program. The existing member gets something, the new people get something, and the results are incredible. But you've got to be, you've got to knock down the walls and the barriers. Oh, I don't want to change my prices. Lower the price, give less facilities involved in that price to get them started, get them on a profound fitness test, which alleviates all of their insecurities, which is a high price ticket and funnel them to all the other ancillary revenue that you have. So now is the time it's January 1st times 10 and you're fighting for your life. 
There's no time to say to me, oh, I don't want to drop my price right now. I'm not talking about dropping your price. I'm talking about pivoting to a lesser facility membership and upsell them with your great facilities once they come in and become happily enrolled in your club. Be creative. There's no time to be uptight right now. Quokka, your yeah, thoughts and, on and that? To, and, uh, and, yeah, to add to that, and, and, and you need, as Eric is saying, um, you know, how you seduce the customer to buy into the brand and then upsell them from there. And, and I have this sort of philosophy on the, on the build-out, the investment, on the construction, on the design side, which is just focus for now on your reception area. Uh, you can build out the rest of your club later, but make your reception area like like whatever money that you can scrape together or if you're well-funded, build an amazing reception area. Then you have all those ancillary uh, features, programming that Eric was talking about that you can upsell. Get them in the door, and when they walk in the door, there's this, this amazing reception area. And I'm sure, Mel, you can refer uh, your listeners to some of the reception areas that we do. Uh, and that way, uh, by only con being concerned about not building out or redesigning or rebuilding a whole new gym, you're just focusing on the reception area and as things scale down as things become more open and get back to normal then you can work on doing the rest of the club but focus on the reception area now and you know what second what second book in my opinion mel can you guess what what second area if we had some extra dollars should we make great change rooms <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. The exactly. women's the women's changing room. I didn't want to sound sexist, but yeah, the ladies' change rooms, bring it Absolutely. on. Absolutely. <laughs> One thousand percent. Yep. Um, all right, guys. Look, coming to the end of our podcast, I always love speaking to both of you and I love reading both of the content that you put out on social media. You know, Quoco, your designs are absolutely incredible. And Eric, you have so much, you know, um, background, wisdom and knowledge to share with people. What's your absolute, and you've got one minute each, and you have to stick to this, Eric, one minute each, your best advice that you would give to the industry right now today moving forward. Eric, go first. Okay. Keep your blinders on. Do not look sideways. Do not read or get involved with any type of Michigas fake news. Focus on your own life, yourself. Make yourself great. Never miss a workout. Eat right. Do all the self-help. Do your meditation. Do your yoga. Fire up and get everybody on your team, family, fired up. Do everything you can to get people to come back in your club, bring in friends, and for you to not only survive, but to thrive. Now is the time. Pull it off. Go into your heart. Look forward, not sideways. Love it. Quaco. Yes. Um, I'm sort of always been sort of a champion of the underdog and sort of a... I guess, uh, an aggressive sort of character. And so as, as this whole sort of situation, this uh, contagion and lockdown faced the industry, I never once had any fear. 
I didn't allow fear to get into my mindset. And it allowed me to be clear in my process about moving forward. And I always go back to those who uh, inspire me. Uh, Walt Disney and Elon Musk and Steve Jobs. And so I keep that those types of spirits in my inner soul as I move forward in the world. And I don't allow the fear to get me. So I think that's what you have to do is like Eric's saying, don't buy into the news, don't buy into the propaganda, be fearless. And the people in the fitness industry are fearless. Uh, yes. And the people with vision are going to come back really strong. I'm working with some people and I'm like, whoa, you know, these people don't play. So that's my advice is don't have fear. Be inspired by the highest lights uh, of, of people that you, you admire and are admiring uh, to aspire to, I guess I could say. Some absolutely inspirational and deep words from both Quaco and Eric today. Gentlemen, I've had a great time speaking to both of you on our podcast and I know that there will be some listeners that would love to get in touch with you offline. So, Eric, where is the best place for them to do that? Oh, thank you. Well, my website is ericlevineglobal.com and my email is eric at ericlevineglobal.com. Reach out to me. I'm always available uh, for whatever. You know, we start off hearing about what you need and then, I, I, I know what problems you have. I've been through pandemics before. I'll do my best to help you. Quaco? Yes, uh, I, I have two uh, sort of uh, paths. The first path is if you want to see inspiring, innovative new types of work, just go to Instagram and look for the name Gym Designer. It's one word. And you'll see all the images. However, in, in business development, I'm really busy, busy, and this is going to be funny, but I'd like to turn over to Eric. If anybody wants to talk with me about design, I think Eric is a perfect consultant who uh, I would I would defer people to if they wanted to learn more about how I work. Because Eric can hit it from different angles. And I, as a gym designer, it's not my strength. So, Eric, if you don't mind, I'm, I'm saying, you know, I'm putting no, any I'm leads, proud. any any referrals into your lap because you're the consultant. And you know the operational side. And the minute yeah. I first met you and I saw what you did in, in Singapore or Asia, uh, Hong Kong, I was like, this is a business person that I like this thought and I'll focus on the design. So that's my opinion. Thank you. Wow. You have heard it from Coco and Eric, two of uh, the industry's biggest global leaders. I, as I said, I love reading what these guys put out into the industry. I'm a big fan of both of them, and it was an absolute honor to speak to both of them today. I'll be dropping their details into the bottom of the podcast, so if you want to catch them offline, you can do that. And again, as I said at the beginning of our podcast, our episode is supported and sponsored by Fitness Registrations for Fitness Professionals. Thank you, gentlemen, for sharing your time with me this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you, Mel. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Be fearless. Be fearless. Be fearless. Okay. Bye-bye.